0: Alright, let's go. Let's cover ground the Gudvach, Rib Jim, Ribbizak Velvo, Howard, Simcha. Here we go. Let's uh, let's cover some ground. Two dots about ten lines down on Membez Omad Aleph. We're gonna finish off this parak and Bez Hashem start the next parak, which continues on the a, a similar theme. But the next parak's gonna be dealing primarily in the beginning. With chametz mixtures, where there's like a pre existing entity that's already there, all right, so it's not like uh water and flour. But if I have a pre existing dip, what happens if I have chametz dip? So we've uh we're familiar with that concept, so it should flow one into the other. Here we go, let the two dots. May Tashmishai Shell nachtime. This is discussing the water that the bakers would dip their hands in. Um, to clean off their hands in between those. Now, is, you gotta get rid of the water. Tani Chad the one Brysa taught us, Shaykh Makam Midrain, that a person should pour the water into a place where it's going to completely leave one's property. And you shouldn't pour it into a place where it'll remain on your property. Ashbar literally means that it's broken, okay? But, um, what, uh, what it's referring to is a place where it can gather in your property. Why? Because this is chametz. This is a chametz dik, uh, liquid. So you have to make sure it runs off your property. Sezak to Gemara, vitanya idach. But another b'risa states, shaychim Makamesh ish You could pour it anywhere you want. You could pour it anywhere you want in your property. it says, l'kasha, dikavu. If it's a lot of water, you've got to make sure it runs off your property of water, make sure it runs away. it's a little bit of water. The light kavu, it's not going to gather the of mikvah. It's not going to gather together. And since it won't gather together, it'll sink into the ground. That's kamisha night. It's like it's going away, and there won't be an issue. You could even allow it to remain on your property. Okay, fairly straightforward halach. Amrav Yudah. Yudah says, ma'im A woman. Should only knead her dough, her, her matzah dough, with Mayim Shalanu. Okay? Now, Mayim Shalanu, the word Shalanu in Hebrew usually means our water, right? That's, uh, but Mayim Shalanu, the word lone, lun, is to sleep. So it's referring to water that remained overnight. Now, the purpose of the water uh, remaining overla- overnight is that the water has a chance to cool off until room temperature. And it's not going to cause any unneeded or faster khimutz, uh That it becomes chomutz. The Rasha Rav Masna gave a drasha in papunya And the mochar Aisu Kuli Alma Chatzvayu. The next day, everybody brought their chatzovim. Everybody brought their their uh, jugs, their pitchers. Va'osu gabayu. And they brought it to him. Va'armulei havlon maya. And they said, please give us... Some water. They thought it meant shalanu. It's got to be our water. No, as you were saying, it's got to be some sort of special water. Uh, they didn't know that it meant overnight water. They thought it meant our water. You know, water from him. Yeah. So uh, Luhu, uh, uh So Luhu, He said to them, de Bisu amri. I'm not talking about water that's mine. I'm talking about water that was left. Uh, that was left overnight um, a couple years ago. So my wife and I got away for two days and a night. We went to Miami. And I told one of the older kids that uh, Tati and Mami are going to Miami for two days and a night. And, you know, this person's going to sleep in our house and they're going to watch you. eh? You go to Miami. Okay. So uh, when I got back, so my kid kept telling me about, he kept saying, you're Emmy. You're Emmy." Told them, I'm going to Miami. So he thought it was Tati's Ami. I'm going to a place that's Tati's Ami. It's mine. So he kept referring to it as your Ami. Yeah. <laughs> How was your Ami? You know, what do you, what do you and mommy doing your Ami? <laughs> so my Shalanu doesn't mean our water. Yeah, it doesn't mean there has to be special water from him. It means lawn water, water that's stopped overnight. All right. D'arash gave another drasha. a woman should not knead her matzah dough out in the sun because it's going to be hotter, and it's going to cause the dough to rise faster. and also she shouldn't knead it with water that was heated um, by the sun. Okay, so it shouldn't be. She shouldn't do it in the sun. The action of kneading shouldn't be done in the sun, and also shouldn't be done with water that was heated by the sun rashi says to do it with a stronger source of heat right with a real ash, with a real fire that's even uh that means the water make the water even hotter and that would be a bigger issue you also shouldn't use water that drains from a meuler a meuler is we'll call it like a kettle all right you shouldn't use water that drips from a kettle that's hot and also she should not move her, her hands that are warm from the oven. Ad shetigmaraz kol until she completes baking the entire dough. And So Rashi explains what this means is it should constantly be in motion. When you need dough, like we explained a few days ago, the motion, keeping the dough in motion, causes it to not leaven. Alright? the shnei kelem, um, you should have two vessels, echad tefes. boy. One vessel to um, keep the dough, you know, uh, moving in. And she should have another one that makes sure to cool off her hands. Very interesting. You know, it's even, not only, there's a major chiddush, not only should she ensure that her hands aren't coming straight to the dough from the oven, because then they're going to warm up the dough and make it uh, leaven unnecessarily, but it's important to keep like an air conditioning system, Right to keep cool water nearby. This way, every once in a while, when you when you're kneading dough, your hands starts to schwitz and they get hot. So it's proper to put your hands back into the cooling pitcher to keep the hands cool, so that the bread doesn't rise too fast. way, that's the shaila of Rav Mahu. What happens if a, a woman wasn't makpid on this? What if she wasn't Makbid? Okay, now the dough didn't rise. We don't think it, was, it became chametz. However, she wasn't careful to not use warm water. What's the halach? So, marzutra Omar Mutter. Marzutra says it's fine. You're not supposed to do it, but if you did it, a kol Ravashi amar oser. Ravashi says that no, it's oser. Omar marzutra. Marzutra says, how do I know that it's okay? The Tani learned in a person should not, that is what we learned a couple of blood ago, you should not soak your barley on Pesach and Mlossus. If you did, so Nizbakwasur. It makes enough Kamina for the following situations. If the barley had a cut in them, so the water seeped all the way in, then you've got to assume that there's a chance it became chametz. in Mutar, but if they're smooth, so then it becomes Mutar. Now, you weren't supposed to do this. You weren't allowed. Aber you did, but you did. We see you're not Knast. You're not knast. And if Taka, the, the barley, didn't have a crack in it, say, okay, you weren't supposed to do it, but plan B, we'll, we'll let it be. Similarly here, right? The question was, we know it's not chametz, but the woman didn't doubt, she, she used warm water. She wasn't supposed to. So the Shayla is, should we tell her, you know what, you weren't supposed to do it like that. We know it's not chametz, but tough luck. Whereas my father would tell me, what's the last letter of the olive piece? Tough. Go away. Tough. Yeah? You got it. Said, tough. That's it. It's not tough. You can't use it. So Marzucha says, no, we don't say tough on you. The same way we don't say tough on you by the barley. As long as it's not cracked, we don't say tough on you. So to over here it should be allowed. Ravasha Marvash says, that all of a sudden the Rabban didn't make a Xera about the barley. You think they're not gonna make a Xera on this woman as well? No. You're wrong. Whenever we say it's okay and we're not going to knass the lady, so then it's okay. So, for example, the barley, it remains okay. However, if it's going to be the, the case of the warm water, maybe we talk a wood knosser, and we will not allow the chametz to be used. Okay, so that's the machlekes, marzutra, and ravashi, hadronalach kol sho'a, hadronalach Okay, mazel tov to whoever finished that parak, And now we continue on like we, like we began today with, explaining the next parak is going to continue with halachas that have to do with Chambit's mixtures. Here we go. Zuk the Mishnah. Ve'elu Avram bePesach, And for the following halachas, a person, for the following things, a person is Avram Avera for owning these things on Pesach. Kutach Habavli. If a person has a Babylonian dip, all right. So a Babylonian dip, um, there's uh, there's no real uh, explicit chametz mixture that happened over here. It's not really full fledged uh, chametz anymore, but it's still it's still you're still over on Pesach. It's still taka considered in halacha to be chametz, v'sheicher hamodi and beer from adai. The daimi and vinegar from edim. Vinegar from Edim. These things apparently at chametz. The Gemara will get into this. The Zisum Hamitsri. Also, zisum Hamitsri is another type of liquid that they would put flour into. The Zaimum and the um, the mixture that people who would be who would they were officially the, the, the tzayvim. They would do Tseveia. They would dye, they would color garments, and into that mixture they would put Chametz. The Amilon shall Tabachim, and the bread of a baker. The Kailon shall Seifrim, and the Kailon the, the that Seifrim would use, that scribes would use. And the Guevara is going to explain exactly what exactly uh, this mixture that the scribes would use, what, it, what exactly the breakdown was, but there was Chametz in there. Rabbi Yehoshua Merba says, "Af tachshit even women's makeup. Women's makeup is a problem to uh, use it on Pesach or to own it on Pesach if it has chametz in it. Harei ze over Pesach for all these things you've transgressed on Pesach. Haray, elu veEin behem Mishum kares. And even though there are some midaraisa, there's not going, you're not going to be chayav of kares." for eating from these things on Pesach. It's usher to own, and it's usher to eat. But you're not the Misa, Chay Kares, if you eat it. Which the Gemara is going to have to explain exactly what category we're in now. If it's not chayav Kares, what's the Isra over here, the mysa you're eating it. So the Gemara is going to break this all apart. Beautiful. All right. So that is the Mishnah. Again, what well, would the Is The Mishnah. The Mishnah listed different mixtures that have a Chometz entity in it. And the, then the, the Mishnah gave us a rule. Yeah, Rabbi adds on, women's makeup can have an issue. And the Mishnah ends off with za'aklal. And whenever the Mishnah ends off with za'aklal, that's teaching me an additional halacha, which the Gemara will also obviously touch uh, touch on and say, what is that coming to include? But the bottom line is that um, if it's a min if it's a type of grain, so you're over on Pesach, and it's asher, but you're not, it doesn't necessarily mean you're chayv kares for eating it. Tana of the Rabbis learned so. Should we? Here we go. Says the Gemara. There's three things, three things that we learn about the kutach, the dip that the Babylonians would make. First of all, mit tamtem It is metamtayim the lev. It messes up your heart from ruchniyis. And it causes the eyes to become summa, to start becoming blind. And it starts to weaken the body. Listen to this. The reason why... It causes timtum halev is because it has chilev in it. It has a milk mixture. And we know that a person who eats baser b'chalav starts to close off their hearts from spirituality. It is a fascinating concept brought down in the Shulchan Aruch as well, sourced in the Gemara, that there are certain forbidden foods that not only is it usher to eat, but they also cause a person's nefesh, to just start not feeling connected. It's metamtam the lave. It like throws my lave away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So this Kuta has the Bosh in it that can, that can cause that effect. And the reason why it can cause a person to start becoming blind is because of the salt. Now Rashi explains that salt itself is not bad for one's eyesight. Rather, the issue is as follows. When somebody puts, uh, picks up salty food with their hands, uh, the, there's a rule in Gemara and Halacha that, yadayim, that a person's hands are memashmesh. They're always moving and touching different things. So if I get salt on my hands, there is a solid chance... I may end up touching my eye and salt to the eye is detrimental and it can harm a person's eyesight. If we could be not politically correct for a minute, but there's a joke they say over, a little humor, about um, nine yekis and a chosid who are sitting at a kiddish eating herring. Nine yekis and a chosid. They're sitting at a kiddish eating herring. Eating as much, enjoying. Finally, there's one piece of herring left. They're all embarrassed to take the last piece. They all want it, they're all too embarrassed. uh, The last piece is sitting right there. All of a sudden, there's a pop, the light goes out, and the chassid screams. Ten seconds later, the light comes back on. And there's the chassid with his hand on the herring and nine forks stuck into his hand. That's the. <laughs> All right, so the yakis are sticking the forks with the herring and the chassid's got his hand in there. All right, so yeah, you get, it's not good to get too much salt on your hands. <laughs> you can end up touching other things. Okay, very good. And why is the kutach habavli? Why does it make the body weak? Because umachesh has mishom misho kumanisa de'uma. Because the the part, one of the ingredients Rashi explains in kutach in the dip is moldy bread. I got a a, a rude awakening once when Cafe core Olivah Ashalem was open just a few months ago. They served this salad. It said blue cheese. I never had blue cheese before. <speaking in> Nishgit for Yeah. I was like, seriously, <laughs> that's what this smells like. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But apparently it's fancy to have mold on things. Yeah, it's, a, it's apparently a fancy thing. So they would put the mold of bread inside uh, the, the dip, and the mold of it is, is... Apparently it tasted delicious to people, but it wasn't good for one's health. Now that we mentioned the Kuta khabavli, the gemara is going to go what we'll call a little bit tangential, and we're going to learn about other foods that aren't necessarily good for the body. So here we go. Tundra of the rabbi, is learning that's why the rabbi Shoish Devaram Abram Mizevel, there's three things that increase excrement of a person the kaififen es hakuma, and they also cause a person to become weak. That's how Rashi translates these words, okay? To become weak. The word kaifin literally means bent over, but the kaifen es hakuma means you just don't feel well. When a person doesn't feel well, they, you know, they, they slouch. And removes a 500th of a person's eyesight. Elohein, The following three things cause a person to have to use the restroom more, cause a person to feel weak, slouch over, and also harm 1 500th of a person's eyesight. Elohein, Pas kibur. What we'll call um, bread made from unrefined flour. The Sheikhar chadash, new beer, the yarak chai, and Rashi says sharp raw vegetables. Sharp raw vegetables to go ahead and bite into a onion. That's one example given. You go bite into a raw onion. It's not healthy. It hurts a person's eyesight, and it can cause a person to have excess waste. Toner the rabbis learned, and so shall we. There's uh, three things that are good for you. And they make less excrement. Now, less excrement is a symbolizes being good because what does the body do? Hashem's mirac- uh, Hashem makes a miraculous body. The body sends out things that we don't need, that are toxic. If it doesn't make waste, that means my body taka, wants this. Okay? So the following three things are mimayat zevel, vizoykfin es and they cause a person to feel good and stand straight. <laughs> and they are ma'irer. They waken up they 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 light up the eyes. Eluhain, Pasnakia, good, refined flour bread, Basar Shamin, fatty meat, the Yayin yoshon and older wine. What are these things? Pasnakia, what's pasnakia? Top of Ahmed Baze. Dismida, like we said, it's made from refined flour. Basar shamin, the fatty meat, the firitz of This is talking about. A young, um, we'll translate this as the um, Tzvierta. Rashi says it's a's shelo yolda. So I don't. Uh, oh, it'll be called a kid. Okay, I was looking. That's the word I was looking for. A young goat. All right, a young kid, a young goat that never gave birth is uh, considered to be healthy meat. Yayan in Yashan, an older wine, is atik atiki. It's older than the previous year. Older than the previous year, which Rashi says it's in its third year. So it's Shalay Shonim, it's in its third year of being created. All right? Anything which is good for one thing is bad for another thing. Okay? Rashi says, very interesting, you know. They come out with all these studies. Yeah, they, they they study food. So one day they say more than two eggs is terrible for your cholesterol. Terrible, terrible. Next thing they come out with a study, oh, anybody who eats four eggs a day will be safe from diabetes. And then they have coffee. Coffee is terrible. And then coffee is great. Yeah, Jackie Mason's got a whole shtickle on uh, this food. You can't choose food. Now, the par- after all their studies, you like, have to choose like how you want to go. <laughs> you know. Everything's good for you, then it's bad for you. How does, that, how does it all work? But the Gemara Taka says, the Gemara says you should know that there are foods that are good for one part of your body that may be detrimental for another part of your body. That's how it works. malahai. Something that might be bad for one's uh, eyesight, might be great for the heart. Bar, except for... Mizangivila a rotav, like a sauce made out of ginger, upalpile arihasa, aruch is long, very long piltal, very long peppers, upasnaki fresh, clean, good flour bread. It doesn't mean fresh, it just means bread made of good flour. Ubasar shaman fatty meat yashan old wine de male These things you don't need to be concerned about them harming any part of your body. These things are healthy for the entire body. Period. Two dots. We're now five lines from the top of the page. Sheikhar Hamadi. You're not allowed to own beer of Madai. Says the Gemara. To Ramu Bey sari, Because it's made with barley. They add barley water. So it's chametz. The Chometz you can't use vinegar made from Edom. Why not? Also, they keep barley in there. In the beginning, when they would bring the Sahim from Yehuda, they would bring wine to pour on them as bayach, that were grown in the area of Yehuda, in the south part of Allah, the wine of Yehuda would not become chametz, would not become turned to vinegar, until barley was added to them. It was a, schos, a special zechos, Rashi explains that they were very special, and it was imp- this wine lasted permanently. It was amazing. Unless somebody would go ahead and mess with it, and add some sort of... Uh, um, you know, some sort of uh, uh, a separate ingredient that would ruin it, the wine would mamish stay perfect. And they would call it And now that the Beis HaMikdash is no longer around, it's the wine of Edom that keeps the freshness. And they call it chaymets of Edom. To fulfill the Pasuk, which is that, that one is all the and Edom, right? Yaakov and Esau, one is always going to be uh, filled up by the other one, Imolazu, Kharvazu. If Edom is taken care of, Klael Yisrael is going to be on the down. Chas the and if Klael Yisrael is on the up, Charvazu, Edom is not going to be able to sustain. So, Edom is kind of, Asaph is like the balance for Klael Yisrael. If we're up and we have it, Edom's done. But if we ever lose something, it's going to go to Edom to lift them up. Very interesting. Mnachem um, Yitzchak uh, Yitzchak says, When Yitzchak Avinu gives the brachas, so he says, One is always going to be stronger than the others. Either Kalyasol is going to be up and Edom is going to be down, or Chas vice versa. In Yehuda, in the beginning, in the earlier times, if a person would buy Chaymetz, would buy vinegar from Asher, you would not need to take Meiser. Why not? Because you knew it never started out as wine or anything chashu. We know that it didn't uh, stem from wine. It only came from the junk. It only came from the bad stuff. And if it came from the bad stuff, there's no chiyav ma'isar But nowadays, unfortunately, we don't have the on mikdash. You're going to have to. Because you have to assume that it came from wine, which has a chiyav of... Meiser, the sovereign of Yudha, tamar La Barasuri, Does you take a hold that the bad quality stuff that turns to vinegar taka? There's no khi of uh, Miser, only on only on the uh, the best stuff. But we learned brisa a person who makes this uh, low level wine, and he uh, tries to dilute it with water. Uh, I lost the place. I'm sorry. And you found afterwards the um, original amount of the Shvacha stuff, right, of the Shvacha stuff that was there originally. Butter, you have no Chiyav Meiser. Review the Machai, says you're Machoyov on even though it's just Temet. See, see, is Machai Temet. What does it mean? Oh, in the beginning, if you would buy from Amar, it was no Chiyav. Because there was a Chazak, it only came from the good stuff. Yeah. But even if it came from Temet, according to you, Reb Yehuda, there's a Chi of Miser anyway. One says, Next to Amayorets, Al-Hatemet. Reb Yehuda, granted, holds that um, Temet has a of Miser. However, Nama Oretz, while the Beis Mikdesh was around, even Nama knew to be careful about Temet, and they could, to, uh, they could be trusted that they did separate Miser. Why? Because it wasn't any real financial loss for them. The stuff was Shvach anyway. It was Shvach stuff. It was weak stuff. See, even the, even the Amiratsim remained careful to separate their Miser. It's interesting. In other words, the reason why Amiratsim don't separate Miser is not only because they don't know the Halacha, it's because Amiratsim don't take Halacha seriously. And therefore, if it's going to, they don't take it seriously. And therefore, if you don't take something seriously, and it's going to cause you a financial loss, you're certainly not going to take it seriously. You're not going to follow through on it. Or you could say, And still, and reviewed his opinions. the One's talking about... Um, uh, so Rashi explains over here that it's, it's a temed that has actual wine in it. Not sure exactly the translation of ravka. Ha... Bid Fortuny, and the other one's talking about where it came from—just the seeds of grapes, where you don't have to assume there was any wine in there. And when there's no wine in there, the uh, Rebbeuter will uh, be of the opinion that there's no Khi of Meiser as well. Period. End of that discussion. Two dots. Vizisum Hamitzri. You also are not allowed to own Zisum Hamitsri on Pesach. Zisum what is zisum Hamitsri? Toner Raiser taught Tulsa sari. It is a wine. It is a. Uh, it is some. Not, it's not wine. It's something made out of sari barley. Tulsa court to me, one third is made out of saffron. The Tulsa and a third salt. The Papa mapek sari The Papa says it wasn't barley saffron and salt. It was wheat saffron and salt. Simone uh, see and the simon is is uh the way to remember this is see um now see you have the samach twice so it's like yosef says sar uh says it's uh it's sari right yosef yosef says sari it's barley and Rav papa who doesn't have the two he's p Right? He doesn't have that, so he's he holds it's the chita. He doesn't hold that it's the barley mixture. Okay, Taruluhu. so they would take the the either the barley or the wheat, along with the saffron and the salt, and tarulu they would soak it vekolulhu, and then they would roast it vetachnulhu and grind them up. So first they would soak this, all these ingredients together, roast it, grind them vaad and then they would drink it from divcha until atzarta. Now divcha is the expression of zavach. It's referring to the carbon pesach from the time they ate the carbon pesach. This apparently was like a delicacy they would eat between starting from the carbon pesach at the pesach seder until atzarta, until atzeres, until shavuos. Okay, and apparently they did this for their health. The because it would uh, if a per, if, what was special about this drink is that if a person was constipated it would loosen him up it would be it would be marfe the word ripoi is to loosen it would loosen up the bowels and uh, and also it would help the other way and if a person was too loose so it would strengthen a person's uh, excrement ibura but if a person wasn't feeling well or for pregnant women, this, Rashi says, was dangerous. Why? Because the way that it messes with the bowels, um, once a person's ill, it, uh, it got risky and it's not recommended. Okay, fine. Next piece of Gemara. Also, the, the, um, those who would color items, the, those who would dye things and color things, they would put chametz uh, in. You weren't allowed to own this on Pesach. The Gemara says, This is actually talking about a water that's made with uh, bran, okay, the outer part of the husk, the and they would dye their skins in this kind of water. But since there's bran in it, it's chametz, and you have to get rid of it before Pesach. Baker's amilan, um, uh, okay, um, and you know, apparently it was some sort of latha. Pas Tavua Shlahivi shlish. This is talking about Pas a bread made of a grain. Now, it was not uh, a regular harvested grain. It was a grain that had not yet grown a third. So I might think it's not Chomet. Maybe it doesn't even have the status of grain. But Shemini Pikadera Kedera V'Shayeva it was a special type of, I'm going to call it a dough, okay? But it's sort of like a paste. And they would take this, this uh, substance that was made of a mixture of uh, a liquid together with the with the the um, wheat, barley, whatever it was that hadn't grown a third yet. And then, back then, they didn't have perfectly placed pot covers like we have. So they, they would, very often it was like openings, you know, from the top of the pot and to where they want to put the cover. So they would see, it was like a sealant. They would use this as like a sealant to, to catch the steam from coming out, to keep it in so that things will cook faster. They it would, it would kind of absorb whatever got soaked in. And this was Chomet, so you needed to get rid of it before Pesach. But if you, it's interesting because the Mishnah ends off. If you eat it, you're not chayib Apparently, it doesn't have the status of of uh, full fledged chametz because it wasn't like grown enough. Apparently, this wasn't really considered food. The kailan shall cipher, and also the kailan of a scribe of a cipher. What is this? So the Gemara says here in Bavel, it was considered like like uh, um, uh, a. It was an adhesive that they would use to make shoes. I don't know exactly what it is, how it was, but I'm assuming they would connect the sole to the leather, or different parts of the leather. This is actually something that wealthy girls would use. And they would leave some of it over for the uh, poor girls. Okay? Um... Now, apparently, we're saying that, according to this shot, there's a very interesting uh, take on it. Because what did we call this? We call this the scribe's uh, liquid, we'll call it, yeah? That had, that had um, chametz mixed in. So, in Bavel, they said it's referring to the, for the shoes. It was some sort of adhesive. But Rav Shimi Mikhuznas says something interesting. And that is um, the olden times hair body hair removals, right? They didn't have these fancy, uh, uh, whatever these places are called, electrolysis, I don't know. They they had uh, places for people to remove their body hair, okay? Um, A waxing face. So back then, they would have this sort of combination that the wealthy girls the rich girls had a fancy type of way to to you know to take care of their beauty and the daughters of the cypherim the daughters of the scribes who are more in the category of they were usually the poor ones yeah they usually didn't have so they would use this type of uh hair removal and it had chametz in it, it says marini it's not true about of Arba medina there are four things um that what's the place there are four things that are used in um, in the medina in the country and three of them are used for omnis so apparently these uh amilon, and kailon. rashi says they weren't used for hair removal they were used specifically for um people to work with now if that's the shot then we got a problem. Because, if you're going to say that this is just a hair removal for the, for the girls, what type of omnis uh, is it? Otherwise, if you hold that they're uh, an adhesive for shoes, an umman, a craftsman, uses it. <clears throat> but if you hold it just a regular girl's hair removal um, ointment, so what sort of uh, fancy uh, craftsmanship goes into that? The Gemara says, what do you want? You think it's your pshat that it's referring to the adhesive for shoes. What does a shoemaker have to do with being a cipher? He's not a scribe. It should say the, should say the, the adhesive or the, the, the liquid of a shoemaker. Why are we calling it a scribe's liquid? So I could ask right back, you have a question on me. I'll ask question right back on you. I don't understand. Am Ravaysher Ravaysher explains <laughs> we're talking dealing with an adhesive for shoes. they Why are we calling it a scribe? The Nami because the same way the shoemakers use this adhesive to connect the shoes, so too scribes use this to be to connect their parchments together. They use this adhesive to when you have multiple pieces of parchment. Or Niyar paper, right? You want to write on something, so how do you connect it to make one long Megillah? So they would use the they would use the the same type of product. And uh, we're up to the bottom uh, two lines of Membezom Mem We'll hold it here for tonight. tomorrow morning, 9:30. We will pick up from here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.